the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were suddenly given to the average American, the rich would have most of their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So start or supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese. Good morning, and welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Flow gives you solid financial strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour of Get Rich Flow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered to Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic, and Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, this is going to be a good weekend for weather. I mean, you look outside in the Sun is sparkling. I hope it continues the rest of the day and for the rest of the weekend. Well, the forecasters say no rain and temperatures in the 70s. Uh, the spring weather has warmed up nicely. Uh, all we have to do now is to schedule the, the rain for the weekends. And I think we're, we're, we're doing that this week also. Because I think uh, <clears throat> come Wednesday or Thursday, we're going to start to see the showers again. But we have a good weekend. So we can get outside this weekend, enjoy our lawns and our gardens. And uh, but even if uh, even if we do have an occasional uh, shower that shows up, we can still play for the uh, barbecues and and fit it in between anything that happens. The important thing is to have some fun outside this weekend. It's beautiful out there, and you're missing a lot if you don't enjoy. Before we talked about lawn bike rides and long walks and things of that nature. But now's the time to just enjoy the backyard and, and uh, have the grandkids over and 
and uh, have a good time. Uh, we put out some oranges this week, hopefully to attract some Baltimore Orioles. I saw one uh, this week, and but I haven't seen them since, and maybe they'll come back if we have some oranges for them, I hope. And uh, as we relax the weekend, uh, uh, maybe we can work on our financial plan. Certainly some people are working on their, their income tax just to make sure it's on track to help meet our financial goals. This week, global equities were mostly down for the week with the United States and Asian indices, the stock indices mostly down slightly, and the European Union uh, equities in the indices were kind of mixed. The world is still controlled by the uh, COVID, but the U.S., with its vaccines from Pfizer-Binotech uh, and also from uh, Moderna and also from Johnson & Johnson, is beginning to turn the tide in the fight against the COVID. In the United States, 36% of the population is fully vaccinated now, and uh, that's halfway, basically almost halfway, to the 75% goal for uh, herd immunity. So basically, we're halfway there, and all we have to do is keep up the uh, keep up the pressure, get vaccinated, so we can all get rid of these masks and all these regulations and all the rest of the stuff. So and also. Uh, 47% of the U.S. population has had at least one dose, and that's hey, that's better than nothing. So uh, we'll get there. Uh, that has led the Center for Disease Control to effectively uh, uh, end uh, uh, face masks and distancing uh, recommendations for the fully vaccinated. So if you're fully vaccinated, uh, there is light at the end of the tunnel with regards to the face mask and distancing, but uh, parsing the new recommendations and, and putting this thing in perspective uh, now shifts to the states and the, uh, and the uh, communities and the businesses. And uh, it will likely be uh, especially difficult in public settings like stores and, and the workplace because there is an easy way to determine who is fully vaccinated. So we still have to work out the wear our masks when we get on airlines and subways and, and other uh, public transportation and also wherever um, the business establishment or the, uh, the community uh, uh, meeting place uh, requires it. Uh, the big surprise this week was inflation. Inflation, which, which the, gov the government consumer price index showed, went from uh, uh, consumer uh, prices in uh, April went up eight tenths of one percent for the month of April, and up four point two percent for for the last twelve months. In other words, the last the last CPI report we saw was for March. And that showed that the uh, uh, inflation for the last 12 months, starting in March, was uh, only up 2.6%. Well, now it's up 4.2% and uh, eight-tenths of 1% for the uh, month of April. So uh, that, that, that has been, that 
message is not just a, uh, a one-off by uh, a one report. That's been reinforced by uh, numbers from the uh, producer's price index. Producer's price index numbers are up, and also the increase in the uh, export prices. The export prices are also up, and all those numbers are up pretty well, too. In other words, these are not just uh, uh, flukes. Month to month, for the uh, producer price index is uh, up six tenths of a percent, or six point two percent for the year, and for the import prices, they were up seven tenths of a percent for the uh, month, and up ten point six percent for the year. So that that happened in uh, probably I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, and uh, that was basically. The happening uh, in the stock market this week. And one of the concerns regarding the enormous federal fiscal stimulus is whether they will uh, unleash inflation. Inflation questions like uh, uh, when will it start? Well, it started now. Uh, how fast will it grow? It's growing fast. Will you be, will uh, it be intermediate, intermediate or and temporary? Or will it be long-lasting? That's the big question right now. In other words, most of your export experts are saying that, uh, hey, uh, with all the problems we have in the supply chains and uh, uh, getting them uh, uh, throttled up for full production and all the problems we're having in getting this, uh, they're good problems. I mean, these are good business problems in terms of uh, getting... Uh, people working um, uh, businesses up and all the rest of this stuff. Would this be short-term inflation, like uh, um, maybe the uh, next six months, or will it be long-term inflation like, uh, like we uh, you know, saw in the late 70s? And I don't think we'll see that again. But, um, but we have to look and say, hey, what happened? And, and the federal government has input some $4 trillion into the economy in 2020, you know, they did that with the CARES Act in March of 2020, where they distributed $1,200 checks and $600 per week federal unemployment bonuses, plus uh, the state unemployment benefits and the payroll protection plan where they loaned com- companies money and forgave the loan as long as the companies used that money uh, to keep people on payroll. So, and then in addition to that, before the end of uh, uh, 2020, they added another $900 billion uh, at the end of uh, December. That was the $600 checks and uh, more money for the payroll protection plan. And that was just for 2020. Now, in 2021, we've added $1.9 trillion in stimulus for a grand total of something like, uh, <clears throat> what have we got, four, almost $6 trillion of stimulus. And uh, in the future, they're looking at this um, uh, infrastructure rebuilding program later in the year. Um, the U.S. government is borrowing that money uh, to fund these uh, stimulus programs and pouring that money into the economy to get this economy uh, recovering. Uh, with this latest uh, $1.9 trillion, 
dollars in stimulus, and I think it was in February, uh, January or February, that brings the national debt up to close to $30 trillion. So if all works according to the plan, uh, the Federal Reserve will continue buying U.S. Treasuries and agency mortgage-backed securities. That's from Fannie and Freddie and, and uh, the uh, agency-backed bonds to the tune of $80 billion a month of U.S. Treasuries and $40 billion a month of agency mortgage-backed securities through 2021 to keep the interest rates low. That's the mechanism that they're using. And the Federal Reserve said that uh, they won't raise the short-term rates as inflation increases past 2% uh, for for long periods of time. You can put uh, underline or highlight that uh, increases past 2% for, for a long period of time. The Federal Reserve uh, uh, issued uh, the Federal Reserve's usual uh control process for inflation is to raise the short-term interest rate to slow the economy. Uh, they did that in two th- after 2008 uh, with the housing crisis, and they, and they controlled the economy for 10 years by keeping increasing the short-term interest rates and then decreasing them, and then uh, just about every two or three months, the meeting there was another change, but now they say uh, that's not in the present plan. What they're going to do is just uh, basically the plan is to uh, keep the pedals in the metal until we've got strong growth in the economy, strong measurable growth in the economy, not just uh, hints of it. Until they got strong growth in the economy good employment numbers, particularly for the lower-paid workers, and prolonged inflation above 2%. What does prolonged inflation above 2% mean? Um, well, we're, see- <laughs> we're kind of seeing it right now with our, uh, uh, what are we talking about, 4. Uh, uh, 4.2%. So, uh the question is, how long will it continue? They say the Federal Reserve and the uh, and the uh, Secretary of the Treasury uh, says that uh, it won't get out of hand, and uh, that's their, their posture. And up until recently, the debate was more academic than real, and uh, because of the low consumer price index numbers. But the discussion has suddenly turned uh, more real. The U.S. Department of Labor's latest release of the CPI numbers for April. Uh, U.S. consumer prices uh, from the Wall Street Journal. U.S. consumer prices surged in April as the economy, economic recovery picked up, reflecting surging demand as the pandemic eased and higher prices due to supply bottlenecks. The Labor Department reported its consumer price index jumped 4.2% in April from the year earlier, and the year, uh, and uh, like in uh, in April, this, this latest one from the Department of Labor, 
They said over the last 12 months, uh, the uh, consumer uh, price index with food and fuel and everything else went up 4.2% for the last 12 months. Whereas if you just look back at uh, March's numbers, March's numbers showed a 2.6 increase over the last uh, 12 months. And uh, that 4.2 is the highest 12-month uh, level since the summer of 2008. So consumer price increases uh, increased a seasonably adjusted 8 tenths of 1% in April from March. And the index uh, measures the consumer what consumers pay for a basket of goods and services, including clothes, groceries, restaurant meals, uh, recreational activity, and vehicles. Policymakers are watching uh, April's reading to gauge the extent of uh, what many experts uh, expect to be a month-long, months-long, months in plural long rise in prices. Uh, after the, after, that's after uh, a year of uh, anemic overall inflation as the pandemic curbed consumer spending. Uh, whether an upswing in prices proves to be temporary is a key question for financial markets and the U.S. recovery as the Biden administration and Congress uh, and the Federal Reserve continues to support the economy with fiscal, both fiscal that comes from the government and monetary policy that comes from the Federal Reserve. Economists uh, surveyed in March by the Wall Street Journal expect this year's inflation pickup to temporary. They projected an average that uh, annual inflation as measured by the CPI uh, will rise to three percent in June, so they're expecting that <clears throat> they're expecting basically that uh, uh, all these bottlenecks in the, in, the, in the supply chain and all this um, problems that have to be worked through in terms of uh, uh, inventories and uh, uh, preparing for the future, all these things are causing cases where uh, there's a lot of leverage on the side of the supplier. In other words, it boils down to you want what? <laughs> you want what? When? And that's a, kind of a joke in terms of uh, uh, the companies are over the barrel as far as the suppliers are concerned, and, and uh, they're stretching out uh, uh, deliveries and uh, hiking up prices. So, and uh, and then the, the, the Federal Reserve is also projecting 3% in June and before falling to 2.6% by December. And uh, uh, that's what the survey of economists expects. But uh, stocks, uh, they they took a dip on Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, according to what they were hearing about the inflation thing. In addition to that, uh, there's the JOLTS program. or JOLT survey, and that's and that's put out by the U.S. Department of Labor, and that came out on Tuesday, and it's uh, the JOLTS is a job openings and labor turnover report for March. So the information that I just gave you for the uh, consumer price index was for April, 
but this jolts uh, information comes from the uh, information gathered during March. And uh, what they're showing in, the, in this program is another problem, and that is how are we going to get all these people that are on un- unemployment? Um, there's something like, I think, uh, and we'll go over it later in the show, but there's something like uh, uh, 12 million people getting some sort of programs, uh, money from programs. Uh, they're helping the uh, not only the people that are on the usual uh, state un- unemployment rules, but also people that are in the gig economy and, you know, the Uber drivers and stuff like this, and also the people that are in uh, uh, <clears throat> sole proprietorship. So there's a lot of people that are in that particular system. But getting back to what we're, what we're saying here is job openings reached a record level of 8.1 million at the end of March reflecting a widening gap between open positions and workers willing and able to take the roles. Available jobs rose by a seasonally adjusted uh, 600,000 in March to exceed the prior record of 7.6 million set in uh, November of 2018. So basically last week, the U.S. Department of Labor in their unemployment situation uh, they said that uh, uh, the growth in available jobs uh, was only 266,000 in April, and uh, that came off 770,000 from the prior month. The mystery is worth is the we've got 8.1 million jobs posted. Now that means posted on company bulletin boards and posted, posted on the, the web or posted in newspapers. So we've got these jobs posted at the end of March, and we've got 9.7 million unemployed at the same time. So there are still uh, more unemployed workers, uh, 9.7 million in March, than open jobs. But hey, there are several factors that the economists uh, to say that uh, why workers aren't taking available positions. They include uh, expanded unemployment benefits, um, they also for because of fear of contracting COVID-19, also for the lack of child care because the, uh, some schools aren't open. Uh, some unemployed workers may not have the skills or the desire to take uh, jobs in fields like manufacturing, uh, which added 134,000 available jobs in March, or construction, which added 72,000 jobs. Uh, opening in accommodations and food services rose by 185,000 in March to nearly 1 million. However, average hourly uh, wages in that sector uh, which are 16.6 degree. I don't know who came up with that number. But <laughs> excuse me, yeah. Excuse me, Larry Joyce. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just need a little coffee here. So what you're looking at in the lower wage is 16.63. And if you total up uh, the unemployment uh, benefits uh, 
$300 a, uh, a week from the federal government, plus an average of uh, $320 a week from the state. You're getting approximately uh, $620 a week, which is in the $30,000 a year category. So um, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's a lot of jobs out there and a lot of people unemployed. And the question is, uh, people expected uh, these jobs to be snapped up quickly, but uh, it's not happening the way people expected it. The National Federation of Independent Businesses um, said that Tuesday that 44% of small business owners reported job openings that they couldn't fill in April, the highest level of records dating back to the 1970s. Finding, quote, here's a quote from uh, Bill Duckelberg, who was their chief uh, economist, and he says, finding qualified employees remains the biggest challenge for small businesses and is slowing economic growth. Uh, owners are raising uh, compensation, offering bonuses and benefits to attract uh, the right employers. So uh, this is Jim McAleese. Uh, you're listening to uh, Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call. You know, we could talk about the big picture, but we can also talk about uh, our financial plans. You know, we all have uh, plans that we say, okay, we've got a good job, a reasonable job, and uh, <clears throat> we have goals. Uh, one goal is retirement. Another goal would be uh, education for the youngsters. Another goal would be buying a house. Another goal would be uh, getting married and starting a family. So all these goals um, uh, that just that everybody has uh, basically require money. And uh, since, unless you intend to inherit uh, this money, then you have to basically save it up from your uh, weekly paycheck. So. Um, the idea here is to outline your goals, uh, try to get a handle on how much those goals will cost in the future, taking account into, into account inflation and stuff, things of this nature, and then <clears throat> how much money can we channel from our, our uh, savings from our paycheck into different pots to be able to, to uh, invest and make this uh, our savings grow to the point where they can beat these demands in the future. So if you get any questions, just give us a call. The toll-free number is one 888 Stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you that have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, Jim can't answer the questions in depth because of time restraints or the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, buying your next home, planning for retirement, finding that right mutual fund, or covering your assets, 
With the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today at 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow. I'm your advisor for the next half hour. So this is Jim McAlee, and you can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Colleen, I saw the light. What happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did we have somebody? (laughs) We did. We had one on the line, and... Um, she must have had to go, but Beth gave us a call and has a great question. She received unemployment benefits last year, and she wants to know when they passed the latest stimulus bill, what did they do about taxes on unemployment benefits? She wants to know, oh. was it taxed, not taxed, deductions? What's going on, Jim? Okay. Uh, you're lucky. <laughs> Millions who relied on the unemployment insurance during the pandemic will find that up to $10,200 of these benefits will be exempt from taxes for 2020. That doesn't doesn't go past 2020, but for 2020, for the taxes you're going to turn in right now, uh, $10,200 of those benefits will be exempt from taxes. The, the uh, new provision exempts that amount, 10200 of unemployment benefits from federal taxes for uh, 2020 only. It doesn't apply to payments in 2021. So specifically, the rule allows you to exclude the first 10200 of benefits, up to uh, 10200 for each spouse if uh, filing jointly for a total of uh, 20400 and uh, uh, excluded from your income on your federal return if you have an adjusted gross income of less than $150,000 uh, for all filing statuses in 2020. Uh, any benefits that you report over the 10200 threshold will be taxed as normal income tax. And uh, <clears throat> any Americans who receive unemployment benefits, uh, they're going to get a 1099-G uh, that details how much the individual or household received in 2020. So um, good question. Uh, appropriate questions is uh, people are get, having to get their uh, income taxes in. So uh to me, uh, if there's any other questions out there, just give us a call. We have this toll-free number. It's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. You know, before we went on the break, we were talking about uh, why is there so much difficulty in getting this 
connection between these uh, jobs, jobs that are close to them everywhere, bulletin boards, company bulletin boards, and the web, and newspapers, and everything else. Why is it difficult to get a connection here? And the uh, 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 the extreme level of job openings shows that businesses really are facing uh, severe uh, labor needs. Uh, and while last Friday's disappointing April jobs report suggested that even with millions of people out of work, filling uh, uh, positions won't be easy. And uh, there's a lot of people with a lot of different ideas in terms of what's going on. Some people say that uh, it's difficult because some schools aren't open and then we've got lack of uh, child care options. Child care industry took a big hit with the COVID. And uh, while others, they lay the blame on the enhanced unemployment benefits, lowering the incentive to work. The reality probably is somewhere in between. And it's just, a, to me, it, it's more a case of uh, uh, people are, you know, uh, people look and they say uh, high contact jobs, you know, where you're facing customers all day long, are riskier than before. For example, uh, while other people may be more focused on uh, uh, opportunities to uh, they, they, there could be a mismatch be, between where job openings are located and the places unemployed people are living, uh, with demand for workers looking likely to intensify. Many realize today that they can be picky. So, you know, when the, when the pandemic was here, we were recommending that, hey, you get all the education that you could possibly get uh, because this... Uh, pandemic wasn't going to last forever, and that uh, uh, put yourself in a better position to, when, you, when this pandemic is over, to go out and get a job better than the one you had beforehand. And now we see that uh, it's coming true. In other words, if people have the uh, unemployment benefits, uh, they can be choosier in uh, finding a job. Now, those unemployment benefits, the $300 a month, they run out in September. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there as this this uh, getting a job and uh, trying to run a business without people and also increasing. I've seen, uh, I've seen increases in wages of 20% uh, for some parts of the industry. So uh, uh, they're they're incentivizing, you know, if the if the business owner sees profits uh, walking out the door, which he can't uh, just because he didn't have the people to uh, take care of those uh, people, then uh, you're going to see uh, competition for labor, and uh, that might uh, go as high as even twenty percent in certain industries. So. Uh, you know, companies face investor uh, pressure to maintain profit margins, but hey, everybody knows that you have to get the job done. You have to get the profit in the door somehow. And uh, uh, nevertheless, to keep uh, pace with demand and quickly growing economy, businesses are going to need to add workers, and if they've got to uh, increase the wages, uh, you know, so they'll do what happens. So, 
this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. This is your this is your uh, uh, financial planner, uh, Jim McAlee. You can give us a call over our toll free number. It's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. We can talk about anything you want to talk about: the big picture, the little picture, uh, the micro, and the macro. So, uh, be glad to entertain your your thoughts. And one of the things we we um, looked at uh, in terms of uh, the initial applications. We talked so far about um, the uh, inflation. That was a big surprise to the stock market. And there was also a very big miss for uh, the uh, Department of Labor. And we've also talked about uh, uh the jobs, the jobs being posted, and the discontinuity between the number of jobs being posted and the number of jobs and the number of unemployed people. Let's talk about the unemployed people now. Uh, the applications, uh, the number of new applications for unemployment uh, moved in the right direction uh, this week. That is, uh, for the week of May first through May eighth. Uh, with the economy recovering and the latest jobs report showing an in- increase of 266,000 jobs in April, new applications for unemployment benefits decreased from uh, decreased to 473,000 people. So, 473,000 people were making applications for unemployment benefits uh, uh, a week ago. Uh, in any case. We should see the applications uh, begin to uh, dramatically decrease as the economy opens up. But the uh, unemployment problem still remains serious because basically uh, we can take a look at uh, people on the continuing unemployment rolls. In other words, these are people that have applied and have been on the rolls for um, weeks and months in some cases. There, uh, on the state rolls, there are 3,655,000 unemployed on the uh, state unemployment rolls. And the days are unemployed from week to week. And in addition, there's another uh, 7.3 million uh, unemployed who are receiving federal benefits uh, after exhausting the state benefits. In other words, state benefits, I think, generally go out about 27 weeks. And uh, then uh, it's uh, the uh, federal uh, uh, government program takes over after that. And then there's, in addition to that, 7.3, there's another 5.3 million unemployed who are not on uh, state unemployment insurance rolls because they're part-timers or gig workers. And uh, 
basically, if you add those street numbers together, the people, the 3.6 million that are on the uh, continuing uh, unemployed on the state's unemployment rolls, together with the gig workers, together with the part-time workers, uh, you're talking 16.8 million people that are drawing uh, federal uh, unemployment benefits, which is uh, a lot of people. So this is this is this is the job uh, that the the government and the uh, Federal Reserve have said that we're going to we're going to keep this uh, stimulus up until we get unemployment down to a reasonably low level. Even for the uh, the lowest wage earners, so we're really talking about keeping this up until we get the unemployment levels down to about four and a half percent. Right now, they're about six percent. So, another place we get get some information about what's happening is the uh, the survey of consumer sentiment that's put together by the University of uh, Michigan. And what they're showing for May is uh, an index of consumer sentiment of 82.8. And the previous month, April, they were showing uh, 88.3. So um, consumer sentiment has dropped um, over the last uh, few weeks. And uh, to give you an idea of why, uh, Richard Curtin, who is the uh, chief economist for this survey at the University of Michigan, uh, he summarized his uh, whys with uh, this, quote, consumer confidence in early May tumbled due to high higher inflation, the highest expected year-ahead inflation rate, as well as the highest long-term inflation rate in the past decade. Rising inflation also meant that real income expectations were the weakest in uh, five years. The average of net price uh, mentions for buying uh, were, were buying conditions for homes, vehicles, and household durables were, were more negative than at any time since the end of the last inflationary period in 1980. So. People are taking this uh, inflation numbers as uh, somewhat permanent, which I, I totally disagree with. But I mean, it's going to be these inflation numbers are going to be with us probably later into the fall, uh, where inflation is going up and up. But uh, to me, we'll get through this as people work through all these supply problems. Importantly, I'll get back to the curtain here now. Quote, importantly, consumer spending will still advance despite higher prices due to pent-up demand and record saving balances. Uh, This combination of persistent demand in the face of rising prices creates the potential for an inflationary psychology uh, fostering buy and advance rationales and cost of living increases in wages. At present, these rationales remain relatively uncommon in the power of, uh, of uh, corrective economic policy is now relatively potent. Uh, so what they're saying is policy commitments to establish full unemployment while allowing inflation to 
meaningfully rise has never been attempted with the uh, additional micro goal of equality and fairness across population subgroups. Uh, shifting policy language and even minor rate increases can uh, douse inflationary psychology. Indeed, such a policy would be consistent with consumers' expectations since nearly two-thirds expect a rate increase in the year ahead. Now, there's a big difference between what the Federal Reserve is saying and what the, the people uh, on the street are saying. So, what the, what the Federal Reserve is saying is that we're not going to change these rates, uh, change our interest rates or change our, uh, our buying or bonds and stuff like that until we get down to somewhere around 4.5%. And uh, these people you know, in the survey are saying, well, hey, uh, they're going to change it uh, this year, whereas the uh, you take a look at what the Federal Reserve is talking about. They're talking about the sometime into 2000 and uh, the end of 2022 or start of 2023. So, a uh, big disconnect in terms of in terms of uh, how people are viewing these inflation numbers. So, uh, and of course, you saw that in the uh, you saw that in the uh, the uh, stock numbers this week, too. Uh, another good thing, in terms of opening the economy, if we're talking about opening the economy and talking about more production, more sales, more stuff, more this, more that, uh, the economy is recovering. Uh, that's the big picture. In other words, in the big picture, we've got companies that are ready to uh, go back into business. Uh, they've got uh, tons of money from the bond market at cheap rates. Uh, they've got the people uh, ready to come out of this side of the nation due to this COVID. Uh, people are anxious to go. And businesses are gearing up to supply whatever they need. So in the industrial production, which you see this week, there is a uh, the Federal Reserve reported in their industrial production and capacity utilization. And industrial production was up seven cents of one percent uh, uh, for the month for April. And uh, uh, they uh, what they're looking at in the in the uh, last few months, uh, production was up two point four percent in March and up seven-tenths of a percent in April. And what you're seeing in terms of uh, the way the way the Federal Reserve looks at uh, you know, the economy, they break it into, uh, well, or industrial production, they break it into manufacturing, mining, and utilities. Uh, they don't worry really about the service industry that much. So what you're seeing is that uh, in April, manufacturing, uh, increased four tenths of a percent, and it is uh, still up 23 percent from a year ago. Uh, durable goods manufacturing, as opposed to non-durable durable goods manufacturing, uh, increased at four tenths of a percent. And uh, if you compare where they're at, <clears throat> the increases in in uh, this month versus a year ago. 
What you see is the primary metals were up 1.7% versus a year ago. Machinery was up 7 tenths of a percent. Uh, electrical uh, equipment was up 1.1%. Computers and electronics were up 3 tenths of a percent. And then in non-durable, like food manufacturing and petroleum and chemicals, uh, they saw uh, six food preparation was up uh, three tenths of a percent. Apparel was up seven tenths. Uh, petroleum uh, was up one point six. Chemicals were three point two percent, and the uh, binding uh, was up seven tenths of one percent. And utilities were up two point six percent. And compared to a year ago, what you're seeing is that durable goods manufacturing was up 36%, non-durable 11%, mining was down 2.4%, utilities were up close to 2%. So uh, the industrial production uh, category is doing very, very well. In fact, uh, <clears throat> What we talked about before, uh, in terms of the CPI, uh, the U.S. is consumer price index. The U.S. consumer prices climbed in April by the most since 2009, topping forecasts and intensifying the already heated debate on how long inflationary pressures will last. So this last report basically showed that for April, uh, the consumer price index for things like uh, housing, food, fuel, or service industries, and things of this nature, uh, the all item went up eight tenths of one percent in, uh, in April and four point two percent year over year from April this April to April of last year. Now, if you take away the food. And uh, the fuel, because they're volatile in their their international commodities, Uh, then you can look at the core CPI. The core core CPI is nine tenths, is up nine tenths of a percent, even higher than the all item CPI. And it's also up uh, 3% over the last 12 months. And uh, like I said before, that's, that's. Borne out by the, the prices we're seeing in terms of uh, uh, producer prices, uh, you know that the <clears throat> production people uh, uh, are worried about producer prices in index for uh, April were up six tenths of a percent and six point two percent for the last year. And also, if you talk a lot, talk a lot about manufacturing, you're talking about imports. So your imports uh, are up seven tenths of one percent for April, and uh, they're up ten point six percent from a year ago. So there's really no place to hide in terms of uh, price increases. Price increases are are coming, and uh, and basically that's basically all there is to the game. Uh, the question is how long will it continue? Um, the basic CPI showed sharp increases in prices for motor vehicles, 
transportation services and hotels. In other words, basically all the things that really took a, a hit in terms of restaurants and, and travel and things of this nature, they're all coming back, and they're all coming back with uh, price increases. You know, it's the demand. The demand is there, and people want to spend their money. The problem is that the uh, meeting their demand is where the uh, issues are, and it's going to take time to uh, un- unravel uh, all the problems that we have in terms of uh, meeting that demand. Suddenly, uh, word comes down that we got a big order, and that's good news and bad news. Good <laughs> news is we got a big order coming in. And we can uh, charge these people more. And the bad news is that uh, uh, we don't have the uh, materials or supplies. We're going to have to we're going to have to uh, play this uh, rope-a-dope routine until we can get the uh, materials for the order together, uh, so that we can fulfill the order. So it, it's a it's it's these are good business. Problems. These are what we, what the managers are getting paid to do. So, uh, and it's and it's a job that they like. So basically, what they're seeing is that they've got all sorts of work in terms of getting the inventories uh, built up again. Uh, all sorts of work in terms of getting their uh, products out the door. Uh, all sorts of work in terms of uh, gauging. Uh, what the demands in the next several months are going to be. Uh, so there's a lot of unknowns, a lot of uncertainties. And, uh, uh, you know, this week uh, people got uh, jumpy about it. And uh, with that CPI report showed a sharp increase in prices for motor vehicles, transportation services, hotels, and uh, treasury yields rose. And bond market gauges of future price pressures jumped to multi-year highs after the report. While short-term interest uh, prices uh, showed increases, short odds uh, for a Federal Reserve hike as early as late 2022. So, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting thought and, and uh, effort is going into trying to keep ahead. Of the economy and meet the demand. The demand is there. What we're running into right now is the supply. Uh, I can't. Supply can't keep up with the demand. And you're seeing the uh, inflationary numbers jump up. And you're seeing inflationary for consumers. Inflationary for uh, supplies for the manufacturers. Increases numbers and imports. Uh, all of those are saying, "Hey, uh, we've got problems to fix, and it's going to take time to fix them." The question is, and uh, what you're seeing is some people are saying, "Hey, we can we can fix this in uh, six or seven months." So it's not going to be. I think the the Federal Reserve position is going to be good in terms of this jump in inflation is going to be. Transitory, but it's not going to be transitory overnight. It's going to be transitory over uh, six months uh, before we get all this uh, 
new inflation wrung out of the system. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to uh, Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. We talk about money and financial planning and getting ahead, but that's only part of life. We know that there's more important things in life than, than money. And here's a story of how we value those other things in life. One day, a wealthy father took his son on a trip to the country with a firm purpose to show him how poor people can be. They spent the day and the night in the, in the, on the farm of a very poor family. When they got back from the trip, the, the father asked the son, Well, how was the trip? Very good, Dad, the son replied. Did you see how, the father asked, Did you see how poor people can be? The father asked, Yeah. And uh, what did you learn? Uh, the father asked. The son replied, I saw that we have a daughter and they have four dogs. And then we have a pool that reaches to the middle of the garden, but they have a crypt that has no end. We have imported lamps in the garden, but they have the stars. Our patio reaches to the front yard, and they have the whole horizon. When the little boy was finished, his father was speechless. His son added, thanks, Dad, for showing me how poor we are. That was a turn of, t- of events there. Isn't it true that it all depends upon the way you look at things? If you have love, friends, family, health, good humor, and positive attitude towards life, you've got everything. You can't buy any of these things. You may have the material positions, but provisions for the future, but if you're poor in spirit, you have nothing. So, until we meet again next week, the Lord of the Show. May God protect you and keep you safe. You have been listening to Get Rich Slow with host Jim McAleese. For an outline and registration form regarding the Money School series, call 440-647-2793. For a complete list of books written by Tama McAleese, Call 440-647-2793. Or to make an appointment with Jim regarding your own personal financial issues, call 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstones Consultant, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. The preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group.